Hi, this is Claire and the Art of Life podcast and this is the Sovereignty series and in this episode I'm going to speak to multi-dimensional approaches to navigating unwellness, navigating symptoms, navigating holistic panoramic view of one's health in the context of what is happening on Gaia Sophia, on planet Earth, in planet Earth, conscious right now. Um, that's quite a lot to cover in one episode, so this is probably going to be long. And I want to put it in the context of, as I always do with my work, put it in the context of my, my own life and health. Um, having been someone that suffered from relatively poor health uh, from my mid-teens through to my early 40s, and who has enjoyed, um, relatively speaking, an incredible level of vibrant vitality and alignment in all of the sentient, holistic entirety of my mind-body-spirit, including what I'm doing in the world and how fulfilled I feel by it and my relationships with everyone. So, um, having experienced a great deal of wellness in like, increasing, accelerating, evolving wellness in recent years and having had a, a very interesting um, relationship with homeopathy for, for many, many years, for most of my, my adult life, basically, um, since I, I recognised very early on. I mean, I was literally refusing conventional medicine at the age of six already and then much more strongly in my early teens when there were various things pushed on us at high school in terms of jib jabs and presumptions about what we could be forced to do physically or submit to physically. Um, I was very clear very early on that no I don't consent to that and that stood me in very good stead for later on where I started to follow studies, <clears throat> um, particularly following on from the last podcast I did around medical termination of pregnancy in my early mid-twenties. <clears throat> I very quickly realised that I was very damaged by what had happened to me and that I needed to seek healing, not just on the physical level, but on the multiple levels. Um, and that that health crisis that I had in my mid-20s, uh, which included very deep depression and questioning the meaning of life and questioning my own identity, led to a lot of very, very good choices about my health, where I lived, um, what I focused all my energy on. It led to a whole series of roads opening up, <clears throat> not because the operation had freed me in some way, but because the operation had so violated the core of me that I knew that there was something wrong very, very wrong, not just with that violation, that physical intrusion and the 
the projection onto me that that was the only choice of what to do at that time. But it also made me realise that, like, how did I end up in that? I knew that there were not just a couple of steps, but there were many, many steps going back a long, long way that had led me to being in a place, firstly, where I was conceiving when I wasn't prepared or capable, didn't have the resources to deal with it physically, financially, in my relationship, didn't have a a solidity in my relationship and so on. There, there were obviously multi-levels at which I had been pushed further and further into this tight little narrow strip of possibility that was having to terminate a pregnancy. And the phrase, the language around it, termination, abortion, these are are very profoundly unhelpful terms um, to a woman who is trying to find meaning and power and health in her womb and make right choices. Um, The language is profoundly debilitating. um, And that, I guess, comes to, um, brings me to a place in which I can unlock some information and transmit some information um, to you just now. So, The first thing I did after my termination of pregnancy and when I started to essentially have a a full-on collapse of my health on every level was I started to paint intuitively. I'd been just finished art school essentially the year before and I was excited about being out in the world. I was living in the city of London in the country of England and was feeling my way into what I wanted to do with my life and I felt all these branches opening up especially when I had time to actually stop and think when I was very very unwell recuperating from this operation I'd had the termination of pregnancy the the nature of how wrong out I was like how I'd literally been had the life squeezed out of me both by the operation and by my life in London trying to be a cog in a mechanical bizarre mechanical structure that that simply was not aligned at all with vital force or groundedness or connection with Gaia Sophia or fresh air or clean water or anything um It was probably the time in my life when I was the furthest from nature and furthest from um, alignment with all the things around me. And it's very um, clear that that is that kind of state of being in a a, a disassociated state from nature and a disassociated state from symbiosis, harmony, clarity, that's like a prime candidate to get sucked into the conveyor belt, into the um, machinery of a system that essentially profits financially from aborting children and 
convincing women that they have no power over their body or their pregnancy. Um, because of that very oppressed state I was in, and it and excuse me if if I speak in a quite a disjointed way about this because it is disjointed. It was disjointed, and this is part of what reclaiming health sovereignty is about in being able to speak it into flow. At the time that I was in that very disjointed and disassociated and disharmonious state, um, if I'd followed the system's logic, um, the agenda's logic, the conventional logic, I would have returned to the workplace. I was working in some big galleries in the centre of London, living in Brixton Hill, and then Tootingbeck. Um, if I'd followed, con followed conventional wisdom, I would have got up on my feet and just pushed, 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 pushed. Went and got a conventional job, paying rent, striding forward, shopping at the supermarket, going out at the weekend, etc., etc. If I'd followed the logic of that, I would have burned out very quickly in my life. And I probably would have been suicidal by my 30s. I know that because I know the depth of the depression that came, the depth of the debilitation that came in the months after I was so unwell uh, and had my operation. So, again, this is it takes a lot of unfolding. It's very deeply emotionally um, stormy to to speak this truth and to, to talk about the different levels of it. Um, so in the months after my operation, I knew that first things first, before anything else, the priority would be get back into nature and get back into natural rhythms. That's all I knew. Get into clean food, veganism, organics, and get out of the city as, as quickly as possible. So um, I went to work on a, a beautiful market garden in Malpas near Cheshire uh, or in Cheshire at the edge of the Welsh border and began to really delve into various different um, studies as to what health really is and it was around that time or just before that time that I got into homeopathy it was because of the state I was in and because of the, the, the enormity of it that I knew I had to follow a calling to something that was going to look at the wholeness of that and it wasn't going to just ask me to put a plug in, some, in this aspect, put a plug in that aspect, not talk about it, not express it. Um, I started painting intuitively, as I was saying, and I started just painting out what naturally wanted to form from my gut, from my belly, from my womb, from my pelvis, from my cells, from my emotions, from my energy. And just that act seemed to lead to everything else. So, so long as I kept doing that and kept my feet on the ground and I started start studying permaculture, then I got this job in the, the market garden just very few hours a week, eating organically with a group of other folk who are really passionate about gardening and really excited to be out in the land and living in nature. 
and just listening to the elements, the people around me, the food, just recuperating gently, keeping myself well by doing work, physical work, but also <clears throat> starting this passionate study. Like instead of being in the city and having to work so many hours a week just to pay the rent, just to pay for the very expensive food in the supermarkets, I was eating food directly from the land. And that just cut out a whole big, <laughs> cut out all of that stuff, all of it. Like there was no need to have a job. There was just a few hours digging, weeding, permaculturing, discussing, learning, growing, um, and delivering vegetables to the market, delivering vegetables to clients. And the, f the, f the months that I worked there before I went back to London, actually, but the months that I worked there were just the start of, of living in gift, living for free, living without all the accoutrements, just living directly, going directly to the food, basically, and directly to the earth and foraging and mushroom picking. And oh, it was so exciting when I lived there, I found giant puffballs for the first time. And um that was just such an amazing thing and so delicious food. Uh, I remember sitting around a, a tight little kitchen table in a tiny wee kitchen in this old farmhouse at the end of the working day, which actually was very few hours. We only worked like two or maybe three days a week, two and a half days a week. And all sitting around eating the vegetables that we'd grown and picked and watered and cared for. And just being in ecstasy about how delicious it was it was just vegetables with some butter and some oil and some pepper and some salt and whatever but just beautifully prepared lovingly prepared by this collective folk of different ages um the beauty and simplicity of that was so profound um i was still working through a lot of shit within myself but the the fact of that reality, you know, like once that reality has been imprinted on you, it reminded me of how I'd grown up. It reminded me of relationships with neighbours, shared meals, parties, celebrations, sitting around campfires. And the, the food that, that didn't tie us all together, like the food that alchemised us together, the shared effort, the shared sweat and labour, the personal challenges that all come to the surface when we're all working together. All of this just fed into a, a greater thing that was whole. You know, these moments of sitting down with all the chipped crockery and minimal amount of knives and forks and spoons and, you know, tatty old cups and glasses and us all you know, sweaty and dirty and waiting for the water to heat up in the evening or whatever the thing was. The the wholeness, the the beauty of the nourishment that we were receiving was very obviously on multiple levels and it and it again activated what I'd grown up with and the healthiness of that and the the uninterruptedness of it and this again when I started studying homeopathy and the hierarchy of homeopathy the hierarchy of healing of true healing 
everything just made perfect sense in that moment. And it's not because that was what I wanted to do all my life, but it was the blueprint, the imprint, as it were, of the perfection of what we're actually here for and what is here for us, like what we've actually been given on this planet at this time and what we, how easy it should be. It's not effortless in the conventional hardship sense of effortless, which is sitting down and doing nothing. It's effortless in the sense that one flows that way and everything flows well and the nutriment comes to one. And one is part of a greater one, a whole one, the collective of folks sitting around the table, the family, as it were, the rootedness, the interconnectedness, people coming and going, volunteers coming and going, the holistic reality felt like home and felt like like a complete circle, which everything about my life in the city, um, both from when I'd lived as an art student in Glasgow and then moved down to London, um, everything about living in the city was like being smacked in the head every day, basically. <laughs> um, the very nature of the city is about division and about separation and compartmentalization, including of the senses. In order, in order to just exist in a city, one has to, by default, switch off a huge amount of the, our sentience and we're profoundly ungrounded because we're not standing on the earth, we're standing on tubes and wires and levels of home and we're infiltrated by all different kinds of signals and radiations and EMFs or whatever the thing is. Um, the air is not filled with life, it's filled with death essentially and pollution and I know I'm exaggerating a bit for emphasis but this is such an important part of how we get separated from self and then even if we do move back to the country unless we're really getting into that circle again and um, we can be really stuck um, as a divided self and um, and yeah I wanted to lead in this podcast I wanted to speak about uh, my recent period of extremely debilitating illness and how I navigated that because that again has everything to do with who am I really what is my true identity and what is sovereignty and how do I deal with or or meet with an aspect of self that I don't like that is coming up that that I've been conditioned to resist or conditioned to want to block, stop, <laughs> um, suppress, not have happened to me, basically. Um, the fundamental belief of conventional medicine or pharmaceutical medicine is that we shouldn't be feeling pain and that we shouldn't have symptoms. The goal is to rid us of the symptoms. And of course, even at a very preliminary 
inquiry into that is just very quickly we can find that that's a really, really destructive and very worrying philosophy. It's a very wrong philosophy. It's very incorrect. And yet, uh, and it's the opposite of our rights. It's the opposite of what is right. And it's the opposite of our rights, which are to express according to what is what we're experiencing in the world, to express it from the inside outwards and to be able to express it freely, openly, easily, <clears throat> without anything blocking, tapping it, or uh, tapping meaning uh, putting a, a cork in it, or diverting it in any way, we should be able to exist freely, openly, and healthily in the full expression, the full dynamic expression of our biodiversity within ourselves in a biodiverse whole and that if we were all allowed and encouraged and supported to be in our wholeness in our biodiverse biodiversity things would work harmoniously that's the whole point of what we inherently are what our inherent nature is is interbeing with all things effortlessly um and again effortless being in the natural flow of where a thing wants to go and us going with it and so again coming back to my recent illness <clears throat> which, which again the language of it is illness doesn't actually mean anything to me I, I was extremely debilitated. I couldn't do anything for myself. I was in excruciating and beyond excruciating pain where I was literally thought I was dying of pain and wanted to, to die. I actually was willing myself to leave my body because it was so fucking painful. And... The, the conventional logic about it is that, of course, one has to go to an emergency room. It might be something serious. It might be something that the, the body is failing. And I tried that and that didn't work. That didn't do much for me. In fact, it had a, a very contrary effect to what was working up to that point um, to just back back step a little um the the symptoms that i i had started in my pelvis and they started specifically from the point of discussing termination of pregnancy in my last podcast that the putting out of that podcast via my website and via online led to several people not following me anymore or not subscribing or not contributing to my Patreon that month. And that, that was a significant amount of people that really, really shocked me and really <clears throat> made me question again, what am I actually speaking to here? What am I saying? So it, it really challenged the the foundation of of what I am and what I'm doing, which in turn led to a very strong 
triggering of release from my womb. And when I say release, I don't just mean the natural bleeding of the monthly cycle. I mean like a full-on energetic mind-body-spirit cathartic exodus of that which was blocked in there outwards into the ether. Um, And this is where the language gets difficult around what is actually happening to me. It felt as much that I was being poisoned by people's projections onto me, by abuse in the hospital, by pressuring to suppress the symptoms when I knew that they had to express themselves to my very identity and connection with God being challenged because of the level of pain and because of the level of the world telling me to do something else uh, other than what I wanted to do. So by the time I got to the hospital, the symptoms were actually under control, even though I'd been in like chronic pain or chronic pain, chronic pain plus, 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 plus for about 10 days. It felt like it was shifting and it felt like the dialogue that I was having with spirit, God, higher forces, my higher selves, higher self my holistic self, it felt like the discourse I was having with my body, there was something profoundly distorted about it, profoundly out of place. And I couldn't access the energies or support or subtle stuff that I usually would tap into very easily in order to move through symptoms that need to express themselves in my body. And this was telling me a couple of things. Um... It made me lean on external authority more. It made me make an application to the hospital and it made me speak to my practitioner, uh, my alternative practitioner, in great depth about what was going on. But it also made me recognise that there was something very significant about the detachment that was there, like about the fact that I couldn't ask God to help me, as it were. I couldn't call on healing from the outside and even calling on friends and other healers. I wasn't able to access them at that time. There wasn't any support there. There there was prayers sent to me. There was love sent to me. There were good messages and good words and voice messages that made me feel held. But there was still this, like, nothing was changing about the symptoms. And they were just profoundly chronic and... I wasn't even able to navigate anymore. I couldn't think because the pain was so overwhelming. I couldn't do anything to nourish myself. My stomach couldn't contain any food. I couldn't um, eat or really drink much for many, many days. And all I could do was writhe and essentially holler, like scream out in pain and scream for help from the universe. And I just, I want to put this out here not to be like trying to grasp for um, sympathy or um, show off how how unwell I was. I, I really 
feel it's important to put these things out in the world to really state what it is that brings us to wellness and how necessary it is for pain at times. It is necessary. I do not want to have to do anything like that again in my life. But in the time that it was happening and the sense that I was able to make of it, it completely didn't make sense in one part of my mind. But in my holistic being, it made a lot of sense because it followed directly from having made a statement in my previous podcast around termination of pregnancy, which many people find an incredibly controversial subject. I felt the projection onto my womb from multiple people. I felt the hatred of, of a woman standing in her truth and speaking the truth. I've, I feel the, the hatred towards a woman who has chosen to have a termination of pregnancy. And I felt the hatred of people who don't even want to look at the subject and who just see the header, see the word abortion and condemn a person for even bringing the subject up. I doubt that the people who rejected me had listened to the podcast. Maybe they had, but the nature of my podcasts are conversations. They're they're putting my view out there with a willingness to converse and to interweave together the reason I put so much out in such a personal and vulnerable way is because I know that it takes somebody to do that in order that we can all relate to each other. We're not meant to be separate, compartmentalised, as private as illness or disease might be. The success of the pharmaceutical industry in making us dependent on medicalization, dependent, fearful of our own body, dependent on systems even for our work like insurance and checks and surveillance like the whole package of it is designed around the inversion of our actual health and what our body's natural processes are trying to do and the PCR test is a really good example of that what's being measured is the body's natural response to extremely toxic environments that's it that's all that's happening Nothing to do with COVID, nothing to do with COVID-19 or whatever strain or variation is coming up this week. It's nothing to do with that. It's simply an expression. It's saying basically, a, a positive test is saying basically, it's not even saying that this is just a healthy body expressing itself. It's actually saying that we've taken some material from a healthy body that's expressing itself in a perfectly natural way that it must do and it's been enhanced and mag- uh, uh, sorry not mag- magnified um what's the other thing where something's made bigger um anyway like that it's been uh, gone through multiple revolutions and I'll have to try and find the word um, that I'm looking for there. (laughs) Sorry about that. I don't always get the right words. And especially around these really intense subjects where the language is specifically unhelpful. So coming back to what I was trying to step into there, the natural body's ability to, to move through a thing when I was in my state of extreme debilitation and pain, the fact that I couldn't connect with God about this led me to a very 
useful conclusion, which was that I'm not getting the help that I need from the authorities. I'm not getting it from God either. There must be something that I am doing to myself that is locked in there that is inaccessible to external help. And the homeopathy did help with it, which is the homeopathy has an incredible ability to soften the separation between things and just let whatever needs to come through, come through, come down from into the vital force and come up out of the body um, in whatever ways it needs to. <clears throat> and the at this time, the the recognition in myself that there was something that had separated within me and that was sitting separated and was trying to make itself visible at first it felt like fuck that's a really serious thing that's a thing that I can't deal with it's too big and it's too messy and it's a big separation like oh no this thing is separate from that thing inside me like my belief in my ability to heal myself is separated by my inferior ego which says I can't heal myself and nobody's helping me and I'm completely isolated and I, I'm going to die, basically. The point of of being able to approach that holistically and instead of saying, oh, I don't want to feel like that, I don't want to think like that, I'll use suppre um, suppressive medicine to get like a painkiller, I don't know what that would have been advised, that I would never take because I know it would make it worse. Whatever the suggestion was, it would be it would be putting all the energy it would be numbing one aspect and suppressing the other aspect so like basically numbing or pushing away and basically accentuating the separation whereas going within myself prayer and meditation and focus on the body and lighting of candles reading of cards, listening to other people's advice about what's going on in the in the bigger picture right now, dealing with it holistically and panoramically, I was able to see where this was coming from, why it was so still so like, why was I experiencing that level of pain? Why? Because at some point in my life, immense violence was done to my body under anaesthetic. And that wasn't just the only event in my life when I've been hurt that profoundly inside me. I've been abused, sexually abused. I've had really inappropriate relationships with people who were putting really dark energies into me. I've had all kinds of chaos and violence and alcoholism at home. There's all sorts of levels of numbness that I had a complete detachment um, psychologically from myself and emotionally from myself, like a kind of numbness that came over my body in my mid uh, teens like at the age of 15 a very specific time that I remember very clearly waking up one day after drinking alcohol the day before and then never really coming out of that fuzzy haze of the af uh, what's it called the day after the hangover so I knew when I went into this even the fact that I was sitting there observing myself as a completely divided being observing how disconnected I was from the pain, how I didn't want the pain, how I was begging God to take the pain away, away, how I was just wanting it to finish. I wasn't wanting to listen to what it was. I wasn't want to, wanting it to speak to me. But at the point of surrender where I couldn't do anything else and we'd been to the hospital and that had made it a lot worse, 
I was able to start integrating and the integrating is a form of alchemy it's a form of internal alchemy and it's a form of surrender support of self through knowing that we are part of a greater self <clears throat> um, the point at which I was able to start turning the corner was the point of surrender and acceptance and actually listening to the pain rather than judging it or re rejecting it. And again, the, the pain made much more sense when I started to recognise that this is not pain that's being inflicted by God. It's not even... It, it is contamination from outside and it is bad vibes from outside and it is people projecting things onto me. But it's also, none of that would have any effect if I wasn't weakened in some way, if there wasn't some previous violence, hurt, trauma, wound that had been made. And of course that fits in with the homeopathic philosophy, but it also fits in with what I, I know in my whole cells in all my cells, in all my being. And again, this is... Um, the, the reason why it can be so destructive to try and lean into an external authority or into the, the health authorities, as they're called, or a hospital when one is not aligned with that way of thinking, it basically means that one has to reject every offer or pressing to submit and try and negotiate just for, just tell me very neutrally what is going on with my blood or what is going on with my heart or what is going on with whatever aspect they're measuring. And again, that's not so that I can then follow their protocol for all of these things. It's so that I can then focus on that aspect of self and feel into how it relates to all the other levels. You know, why would my heart be beating out of rhythm? Or why would my immune system be basso, lower than usual? It might just be because I'm in the hospital. And it might be because I've just been contaminated by their anti-contamination room, um, their decontamination chamber as I came in to the hospital. It might be that it's measuring that, but it certainly isn't giving me information so that I then can be pulled into their conveyor belt and then be jibbed and jabbed and have all kinds of medications applied to try and alter what my body's naturally trying to do and again the, the language the compartmentalization the mental compartmentalization of what we see as body is incredibly um incredibly unhelpful when something huge like this is basically coming through us, like it or not, is coming through. Um, 
And because of the nature of the compartmentalization and the language, it means that unless one is very grounded in one's own health journey and in the holistic and panoramic overview, perhaps particularly when a big thing like this comes up around what the the collective immune system is, what the collective exposure is, what collective consciousness is doing, what the state of paranoia and panic collectively is doing. Even talking about an immune system, there is no fucking immune system. There is no immune system. It's not a a system is something that you can separate and take out that functions by itself. The immune system is a complex, biodiverse whole. We're all the all of us is the immune system. What we think is the immune system. What we eat is the immune system. It can't be separated. It's it might be useful to talk about it separated, if only to treat the whole. But the problem with the conventional thinking is that it, and with the agenda, it's intentional, intentionally problematic because it's asking us to look at a thing that's separate and focus just on that and focus on it aggressively and interferingly as if we know we can tell the immune system how, how to behave and we can interfere with it with jib-jabs and V-A-C-C-I-N-E's. When, you know, what about the rest of the whole being? What does suppressing the immune system or interfering with the immune immune system, the fucking spike proteins and the rest of it, what does that do to your brain, to your memory, to your womb, to your ovaries, to your cycles? What does it do to your fertility? What does it do to your sense of self? What does it do to your sovereignty? It doesn't fucking make it better because there is no better. God gave you your health and gave you your health sovereignty. Basta. That's it. It's that simple. And the beauty of being so very unwell is that the psychosis of separation comes up and suppresses its uh, comes up and unsuppresses itself. It comes up and liberates itself, and and it does take a strong mind, body, spirit to be able to allow that to come out it does take a lot of practice to be able to fluidly fluently release the psychosis that says I cannot heal myself and I am separate from God and I am vulnerable to the madness and the inquinamento the pollution of the world and the evils of graphene oxide and all the rest of it the agenda knows that we are all powerful and that we're all powerful not in an egoic way not in a manipulative way where we're using our power over other people but we are just inherently naturally infinitely powerful and part of that infinite power is our ability to express ourselves and express ourselves fully And just because I had trauma as a child, violence and abuse as a teenager and violent interventions from by the medical system and interference in gynecology 
through my 20s and into my 30s, just because I've experienced that and it's caused damage doesn't mean that that damage, it doesn't follow that that damage <clears throat> will move in the direction of a trophy and will break the body down over time. This is this is the really key convergence that there's not many folk who can really embrace what our true nature is and where we're really going and where we should be going and where we can be going. And it makes it a very difficult path to walk because it does narrow down how many folk are around you. But on the other level, it opens up to the infinity of what we what we actually are and what can actually help us. So, excuse the noise in the background, that's a, a kitten in a kitty litter scratching and digging a very deep hole um, it sometimes goes on for as, as long as five minutes <laughs> they're just learning to use the kitty litter so the point being <clears throat> there's a I, I believe strongly I feel strongly and it's my experience also that there's a point in one's health sovereignty where one ha has to recognize one's own absolute autonomy and I, I do feel that that is where our path collectively should and can be going and like why wouldn't it's like orgasmic birth why wouldn't one want to do everything that one needs to do in order to experience an orgasmic birth why would one be want to stay locked in tension and contract and dependence on a hospital and dependence on violent intervention for you and your baby, why would one do that when there is the other option? It's similar, very similar to what is, <clears throat> what are the options around dealing with a chronic illness or with uh, chronic symptoms that come up? Um, Again, a, a lot of the, the, the collective fear around having extreme symptoms is always ultimately about death and resisting death. And another level of what healed itself or, I mean, that's very simplistic. It's a dynamic process. And as long as we're alive on, on planet Earth, we possibly will always be working through something especially at this time. I've got cat hair up my nose. Oh. Um, the important, the beautiful and most vital aspect of <clears throat> our relationship with death is knowing that as and if death comes, or death, in using it in the, the widest possible term, if we do make a transition in this lifetime into another dimension or out of physical form, there's no reason why that shouldn't be ecstatic. There's no re reason that, that that shouldn't come at the right time rather than the wrong time. There's no reason that we shouldn't be completely consciously involved in the process. 
and a beautiful aspect of what came through this very severe pain was that surrender, that surrender which is really difficult to make in this life <clears throat> to anything because we're basically, we're asked very uh, consistently, especially if we live in the system under the agenda, <clears throat> excuse me, we're very regularly asked and persuaded to submit submissions, subscriptions, putting ourselves underneath, I, saying that we understand what we're being told by a policeman, etc, etc. There's the trip to the hospital seemed to be just like a full on, a full on team effort of make the person submit. First of all, I'm not a person, I'm not a, a I'm a living woman. I'm not somebody who's perso lost. I'm not a, a floating object. I'm a very clearly grounded living spirit who has complete autonomy of my own health. And I was being told that at every stage, you have to submit to this, you have to submit to that, you have to lie down, you have to sit down, you have to do this, you have to do that. And at each and every stage, I had to say, thank you for your offer, but no, I don't want to do that. Thank you, I'm going to stand because I want to be on my feet, I want to face you and be clear that I am autonomous, stand in my autonomy, submit to a test, submit to a jib-jab, submit to a, a temperature being taken, submit to this, submit to that. Um, and it was all done in, the, in a very aggressive presumption of submission. So this submission like goes through everything. It, the fact that I was there asking for help, I didn't need to submit to anything. I had no necessity to submit to anything. I didn't need to be underneath anyone. I needed to be just here on the horizontal, in the centre, talking to folk who've got access to things like syringes and things that measure the amount of platelets in, in, my, in my blood and so on. And primarily we were there to check about my appendix. And that was really it. If it wasn't the appendix, and if it wasn't a heart attack or like major, really major things where things something's failing, um, then we could go. And even that aspect, I'm not going to go too much into that, but that was really not my own fear. That I wasn't fearful that my appendix was ruptured. I was taking someone else's fear around that and carrying that with me to the hospital, which then led to all the other following fear following emergency, following the authority that takes care of the emergency room reality and insists that we follow all these protocols and all these um, strands of thinking, which of course I, I don't follow those strands of thinking and I don't work from fear, even though I was writhing in pain the day before unable to sleep, unable to eat, unable to function, and in extreme beyond pain pain, I still didn't have the fear in terms of, like there was fear there, obviously, there was fear, this is frightening, I am so very much in pain, but there wasn't the fear of, <clears throat> Or rather, there was the fear at the beginning, but then it slowly, sorry if this is very um, 
all over the place how I'm describing it, but the the alchemical transition from being in mortal fear and fear enough to go to be convinced to go to the hospital <clears throat> and fear of them keeping me there or intruding upon me. Um, there was a point where I stood up and faced who was trying to oppress my symptoms and who was trying to tell me that I was a bad person for not being jib-jabbed, that it was my fault that the pandemic exists, etc., etc., et uh, ridiculing me for being treated by homeopathy, etc., um, etc., et quite full-on abuse, um, including physical abuse, where instruments were used on me that were that were you're not meant to abuse people with, you're meant to... <laughs> I have a very large vein in my arm that it's very easy to take blood from. You can do it without tying a rope around my my upper arm. And you certainly... A rubber a rubber tube being tied at, like, full strength of a grown woman. That was, that was really painful. And I told her as such. And then she became very aggressive with me, the nurse, around how just you have to have this done and just sit down and shut up. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Thank you. If this is how you have to do it, I don't want to participate in that. Thank you. No, thank you. Um, there was a lot of that going on and a lot of trying to placate the psychosis of doctors and nurses who were very aggressively demanding that I sit down and take what they were giving to me when I was questioning everything, obviously, because I don't... I don't submit to people putting things in me or taking things, taking my blood from me without a very clear agreement around what's actually going on, what what is actually being taken, is anything getting put in, what's actually, what, what are you going to test it for? You know, it's a dialogue. There's not, um, I'm not a passive persona. I'm not a passive lying down flaccid object. I'm a living mind, body, spirit who is very, Capace, very capable in navigating her own illness and wellness and who has lived outside of the conventional system for many decades. Um, So, yeah, even from the beginning, the discussion around uh, where's your tessera sanitaria, your little health card. I don't have a tessera sanitaria because I don't, I'm not part of the system. I don't go to a doctor. Why not? Why do you not have a current tessera sanitaria? Because I don't have a doctor. I don't go to conventional doctors. I don't believe in it. I'm only here for a very acute condition that could be this. Therefore, just in case I'm going to die of a ruptured appendix today, I would like to have my blood checked and my body checked by your instruments. That's all. I'm not consenting to getting tested for COVID. I'm not consenting to be laying down on a bed because you tell me I need to lay down when actually I need to sit up because I'm in discomfort. Um, I'm not willing to go through protocols because you need to keep me in the hospital. There was a point where I had to stand up and step out the hospital and I said, you can call my telephone. I'm sitting out on a bench outside. I'm not going to sit in a hospital bed with you pushing and pushing when I'm already feeling very very vulnerable and very uncomfortable. Um I don't submit to that, so I'll just wait outside. So that's okay. You know, if you're really afraid that I've got some mad illness that's going to get into your, behind your masks, your big giant surgical masks, 
um, then and despite the fact you're spraying everywhere 24 hours a day, then, you know, good luck with that. And I will be sitting outside in the fresh air listening to the birds for a while. I'll be under a tree over there. So, yeah, the... <clears throat> The act of standing up and saying no to so-called professionals who were not behaving professionally in any way whatsoever was actually a profound medicine for me. And this is something I found in hospitals before. Well, not hospitals before. I've only been in a hospital one other time Um, since I've been in Italy. When I had, again, to do with cat scratch fever and a hugely inflamed or... Um, dysfunctioning lymphatic uh, blah 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 at the top of my leg Um, and just the act of going into the hospital and feeling the reassurance of not being on my own and not being isolated just the masculine energy of the doctors and the nurses attending to me and my friend who popped up and took me to the hospital not took me but met me at the hospital and took my arm and took me in just that masculine energy was what I was really missing, what I was really needing, and that in itself was the medicine I needed. The the disease, which had been labelled, and even though the labelling of the cat scratch disease and Bartonella virus or whatever it's called, the whole thing is a nonsense. They've never really found antibiotics that deal with it, and the, the one or the couple that have worked on a, a very small percentage of people aren't necessarily you know they're obviously they're not definitely going to work on me and they didn't even subscribe that anyway uh, prescribe that anyway anyway the point being the medicine of just going to the hospital um as much as I felt much more ill after I'd been to the hospital that was the punch in the gut that I literally needed which was what am I letting in from the outside? What am I letting in? And that again goes back to what am I eating? What am I drinking? How lax am I being around letting in toxins? How lax am I being about not taking really the healthiest food that I can find around me and taking in other things and using sugars, caffeine, alcohol, Um, and being lackadaisical about it, being lazy about it, basically. Um, When I started to look at what can, what should I be doing? What, what is it that I'm doing to not take care of myself or to let in things you know, let in authorities, let somebody tell me that I should go to the hospital when I knew that I didn't want to and I didn't need to. What were all the different layers of administration, doctors, nurses, attendants that were like pushing down on me and being mean to me and being nasty and and physically hurting me? What was all that? That how did like that sat with me for at least the next 10 days again? and was churning around me that I should have been more clear, I should have been stronger in saying this, I should have quoted this, I should have said about the grand jury, I should have said about Reiner Fulmich, and I should have quoted the statistics more clearly. But that's not my job, that's their job to 
to do what they're meant to be doing. It's not my job. My job was just being there, getting through it without being murdered and getting out and cutting the slate, cutting, wiping the slate clean. Um, and I did that. And beyond that, it was, on the one hand, frightening to be cut loose and to know that I couldn't go back to the hospital because they were already sick of me and they wouldn't accept somebody who they know isn't going to conform, isn't going to submit. On the one hand, knowing that I can't go back there, on the other hand, not quite being convinced yet that I can heal myself. And the pain returned for a short while and then it got to a point of where I had to surrender because I tried the hospital I, I wasn't the the remedy worked the homeopathic remedy worked but then it didn't work as well and then there was a point where I was grasping at other remedies and trying a new remedy and ordered a bunch of new remedies in and that helped a lot but then there was a, a complete rift between me and my homeopath that I, I still can't quite digest what was going on. But what I felt from it, I felt a very strong confrontational energy that was then suddenly very clearly delineated what my path was and made it very clear that I'd been leaning too heavily on my homeopath and leaning too heavily even on homeopathy and that that was causing an entanglement. And that's when it started to get very interesting because suddenly from there, I could see the entanglement I had with all the other levels. I could see why I felt I had to go to the hospital in order to be entangled with them, in order to define my authority and the boundary between me and the other authority, and in order to define what I believe and what I know. So, the act of going there, even though it made me more ill than I was before, it actually clarified where there was a separation between the psyche and the body that said, I, I know, I believe in holistic, I believe in natural, I believe, believe I have the power to heal everything and I believe I'm on the right path in my life with my health, but I still something in the psyche is separated and compartmentalized and hard and compacted is saying that, yeah, but just, I just, in an emergency, I have to ask them though, they have to deal with it in an emergency. And yeah, it took the actual trip to the hospital and the leaving of the hospital and going through the process of thank you, but no, to recognise that actually I do have that power. When I was on the way to the hospital, I was crying with my partner and saying, please don't let them do this to me. Don't let them give me anything that I haven't consented to. I need to have it in writing what they're giving to me before they give me anything. And I was really worried I was going to lose consciousness because I was very near to fainting from the pain beforehand. At that moment, it was under control. But whilst it was under control and we were on our way to the hospital, I was trying to convey to my partner please make sure they don't do this. Please don't allow that. I don't consent to any protocol. I'm not consenting to any testing or any jib jabs or anything. All I'm there for is to check that it's not appendicitis and that I, I need to be 
checked for if it's not something like appendicitis or some breakdown of whatever. But whatever else it is, you know, if it's a heart attack, I'm not going to I'm not going to consent to being cut up or taken apart or organs fiddled with or touched or surveilled. Like I, we did a couple of very simple tests and then that was more than enough and thank you so much and I see what's going on here and it, it's very helpful to be able to see what's going on and know that that's not for me and the actual negotiation of that was a profound medicine because I carried it away with me I already felt that I'd accessed my vital force through the confrontation there was an accessing of the vital force that then allowed me to know that no matter what the path is it's not that way and it's not with them it's not to be dependent on them or trust them even because the very fundamentals are not there and this is this is so important about how one might keep on the right path and like with the termination of pregnancy you know it's something I went through in my 20s because I, I felt there wasn't a choice why did I feel there wasn't a choice because my mind was completely fixated on what they were telling me and allowing them to tell me it and and feeling obligated to follow it when later on I very quickly found out that there are multiple infinite ways of dealing with anything to do with distorted womb energy, including so-called unwanted pregnancies. There are infinite ways and each way, it shouldn't be mechanised. It should be personal and again, not personal. It should be private and it should be holistic and natural and can even be deeply meaningful, ceremonial, healing, even something like losing a child can be a healing. And the conventional approach, of course, sees everything about as, as loss, a trophy and effort, like um, antagonistic, combative effort. And yeah, even a peaceful person, by definition, by nature, will have to defend them, themselves, not necessarily aggressively, but will have to assert themselves quite strongly to not be oppressed by a very aggressive, invasive, presumptuous system that that is benefiting, <laughs> literally being paid coin, benefiting from us, from them suppressing us and from them interfering with us. Um, and again, this all comes back round to sovereignty, slavery and our moving out of this age of agenda, unconsciousness. Um, I want to say like the age of flaccidity or something, the age of passivity. Um, the age of being commandeered and driven by external forces that are profiting from us. The age of 
giving our divinity away and allowing that which is sacred, which is everything that we are, allowing that to be corralled and, and hidden from us, right in front of us, in order that they can profit from us feeling helpless and without our vital force. So again, coming back to my recuperation, um, my recent recuperation, um, really, ironically, the, the period that I was in deep, deep pain, I was also bleeding, um, monthly bleeding. And for the first time in many months, although the cycle itself was shorter, it was a 21 day cycle when the bleeding started, but I had a very strong bleeding for four days, which I think was a lot to do with the pain that I was in. I don't usually have any pain. I don't associate um, my bleeding with any negative symptoms at all, and I never have done. But I have had a lot of ups and downs with my menstrual cycle in the, la the last decade since being in Italy, unsurprisingly, um, with everything that goes on here with the suppression of the feminine and with the private struggles that I've had here, renovating a home, etc. Let's just say the multiple adventures of um, my time here in rural Italy and all the nonsense that's ensued. Um, yeah, the period of recuperation has been unusual in terms of how recuperation really is, usually is for myself from any unwellness, as it were. Um, and again, I just want to point out the word unwellness is just a really inappropriate word for, I'm, take, I'm using that because I can't think of another word for the body just expressing itself and needing to express itself. Um, the things that have come into alignment since I've surrendered since I've come to terms with the fact that I I'm I might have been dying but I wasn't in fact very much living um, the resolution within me of what I have to take from my conflict with the authorities and my conflict with my homeopath what I have to look at and what I have to take responsibility for the the resolution of conflict between me and an audience that occasionally large numbers drop off from <laughs> and I'm left with a like a very hard to live off um, small amount of money per month um, the resolution of my relationship with the universe that I had a really beautiful sacred geometry come out, sort of be birthed from this period of debilitating pain. And there were like three, four very clear branches of direction that I've been, which I can see in front of me, that I've been wanting to take for a long time and which have somehow been sort of well, not sort of anything, have been very specifically blocked to me 
<clears throat> because I don't feel I have the authority to step onto them. Very simple things. Wanting to sell my house and move to a really, really deep into the country, into the wildlands and live more self-sufficiently. Moving from 2D in my painting to 3D uh, figures in fabrics. Um, returning to my homeopathic studies and taking responsibility for my homeopathic unfolding. And actually taking care of my body on a daily basis on a whole other level. Um, through my recuperation, I've been eating mostly just fruit and that the sacred geometry of that, the hydration of it, the beauty of it on my plate, the taste of it and the, the easy to digest vitality of it has been perfect. And although I'm still pretty low energy, these four areas of my life, which have been like sitting on the back burner, it's just crazy. Like I haven't, I haven't been able to get this thing with moving into 3D, moving my figures from the paintings into 3D, even though I've been feeling really strongly called to it for decades, decades. My homeopathy, I was passionately studying homeopathy around 27 years ago. And then I, I just didn't go further with it, even though I've always been following homeopathy since then. And the house, you know, like, what is it that's so difficult for me that I can't follow my dream of, yes, this house was a wonderful dream, but it was also the reaction to... Uh, a deeply traumatising situation that I was in where I split up and had had a terrible relationship with an Italian man and split up with him and desperately needed a roof over my head and bought my first house for a very small amount of money and felt it felt on me also to rejuvenate the medieval quarter um, why would it be so difficult like for me to take what I need now from that and reap the profits or harvest the profits from this house having done it up beautifully and the whole town being done up beautifully just about why would it be such an issue for me to then harvest the treasure from that and the the hard work from that the 12 years of very very hard work and move on with it and create a place where I can do even more and be even more magically aligned with Gaia Sophia and art and refuge and healing and transformation and so on. All of the all of these areas that I've looking at, was looking at are all have just been sitting there. And these are like the main areas of my life, my dreams and my work and my loves. Isn't it strange that they're just sitting there and I wasn't doing anything towards them? Um, or if I was, it was just like little, uh, 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 little tentatively. Um, 
I feel a whole new energy with that, which is very, very interesting that I know is directly related to going through this pain in my womb that is being essentially expressed by my womb, by my nervous system, by the vagal nerve system, vagus nerve system, by my brain, by the what's been suppressed in my brain, by what's been anaesthetized in my brain. My willingness to go into this to not resist it and to surrender to it means that I've reclaimed aspects of my nervous system that had been suppressed. Those are the facts. It means that I can reclaim the consciousness of my womb that was suppressed, the consciousness of my ovaries, of my organs, of my liver, of my heart. And it means that I can receive information from all these aspects of self through a clear mind. It's taking a while to clear my mind. There's been a lot of foggy brain going on in the last month. I am able to... I now have access to a far greater self than I had before I was ill. Instead of, if I was looking at this conventionally, I would be saying that the illness was taking something from me and that I was left in a debilitated state afterwards. I was left uh, with less than afterwards. And I I know that's not true. I've always known that's not true. Um, I've always known that because I follow, I don't take medicine in the conventional sense and I follow an illness through, I've always known that after the illness, I have access to more. I have some kind of download has come in. I have something that's realigned. I have something that feels, I can feel more. I can, I'm more sentient. And I have access to more, I'm more able to bring information in through my mind and into my consciousness. It's more holistic. So the gifts of this recent um very hugely challenging, so challenging that I couldn't actually navigate it at all, time, are, are extensive, um, including this, this feeling that I'm actually in the centre of myself with these four specific areas in front of me that I want to, that I know are my path and that I know I have energy and focus to put me towards um, and as those areas have opened up and clarified and I'm, I'm fixed not just in my head but in my whole being towards those passions and goals as it were um, this vision the the things that felt like they, they were in the way before it's not that they don't still exist but they don't have the weight to pull me down or the the physicality to stop me moving forward or they don't have influence on how I'm guiding myself, which feels very, very good, is all I'm going to say. It just feels really, really wonderful. Um, I know I had a, a discussion with a really great friend recently, uh, very recently, around all of this. And she was very rightly saying that, you know, we're not meant to do everything ourselves. We're not meant to be our own plumber or firefighter or whatever. Um, and and we were dis- discoursing around this. And I was saying, yeah, I, I know that's one of the things that's stopping me from stepping fully into my path of autonomy, autonomy with my own health. 
and it is the fear that I'm like oh I'm being too I'm isolating myself but I was I was expressing too to my friend that there's a a really big difference there's like a, a sharp edged isolation which is a reacting it's always reacting to the thing that we're resisting and that it's pushing us into isolation and pushing us into separation that maybe it isn't time yet to separate and maybe we still need something from that other being or institution or teaching and then there's a softer a much softer edged holistic call to separate from another thing and to take responsibility and power and the responsibility and power are are holistic they're not um thoughts in the head that are like i'm going to take responsibility for this and therefore i am powerful it's not an abstract concept it's an actual vital force um entering and that's in a simplistic way, the way I know whether or not to separate from my homeopath, the hospital, conventional medicine, letting my partner direct my health journey, taking advice from other people, whether or not I like cut sharply with a sharp edge or push or use an effort to separate from someone else or whether I simply settle into self and feel more myself and I'm more fully embodied in myself and this gives me access to all this energy and all this vitality that previously I was losing to these other areas that's that's quite a distinct difference it's quite it's not that it's easy to differentiate between those two different kinds of separation but yeah, the, the ripening of a fruit when it's ready to pluck or pick or dig up. The, the fact that it's given freely by Gaia Sophia, that's got something to do with how we really align multidimensionally with our autonomous, sovereign health story. Um, we all live in an age where we've been interfered with in, in multifarious ways multi-leveled ways and yet we all live in this time too when we're all coming back to center coming back to spirit coming back to wholeness not just in our own mind body spirit but wholeness in part of our much greater whole where we're starting to recognize how we collectively make war or make love or make food or make plastic or um, clean the water or dirty the water um, we're all starting to recognise that actually our thoughts affect the water. Our thoughts can be medicine on the water. And in the same way, our thoughts can be medicine in our body. Our thoughts can heal our body and our actions can heal our body. And especially our ability to differentiate and discern what is not useful in each moment and what is useful, what's helpful, what words are helpful, what vibrations are helpful, what institutions are helpful. I don't personally feel that institutions can be much help to anyone right now, but of course we all have different levels that we're working at and we're all got different um, unique 
paths, unique wholeness within the bigger biodiversity. We have all these things that we have the same and then we have all these things that were that are completely unique to us. And um, yeah, I feel uh, a new confidence in speaking my truth in just being honest about what I feel and know and also finding the right folk who want to hear that um, when I need to express it and there's just nothing, nothing bad in that at all. It's all good, all beautiful and all good. Again, um, this is Monday I'm putting out this uh, message and every Wednesday we meet up in our co-creation sessions and we've had some incredibly beautiful sharings recently, really beautiful space held together where we're, we're painting, sewing, crocheting, uh, making music, writing. You're very welcome as my supporter to come along. Uh, contact me directly via my website, womanartsex.com or clairegaiasofia.com, Claire, C-L-A-R-E. And um, if you'd like to support my work, support my healing, do donate generously. I live in gift and don't receive a conventional wage. Um, and that's how I can do this work. That's how I can think and feel this deeply. So do support my work. If you would like to do that, see my website. Again, there should be a link below this video or below this podcast. Um, woman art sex or clairegaiasofia.com forward slash contact or connect. You'll find the page there and there's various ways you can send Bitcoin, Hive, um, PayPal, and best of all, Patreon um, or Wirex. Sending love and blessings, all merit gained, radiating outwards at all times. I love you. Be well. Be alive. Be sovereign. Be truth. Ciao, beautiful. <laughs>